Hello and welcome to level 15 of Three Extra Lives, a video game and trivia podcast. I'm your host Tom Knight. Welcome back. I was on vacation. I have returned safe and sound. And in the past few weeks there's been some great news because if you listened to level 6 of Three Extra Lives, you'll remember a game called Destiny's Sword, which is a combat strategy MMORPG with a mental health focus. And you might also remember Small Saga back in level 11, which is a turn-based RPG based in the underground London rat empire of Rodentia. And both of those games were on Kickstarter, and both of those games have been successfully funded. That is great news to start this episode. So let's get going. While I was on my travels, I still like to play games. You know, you, you go on vacation, you go to some nice beaches or a city break and you're doing the touristy stuff but you come back after a you know a long day in the sun or pound at the pavements all day you you just want to maybe kick back and play a few video games you know just to scratch that itch while you're away from home and that certainly is the case for me and one of my go-to games when I'm on the road it's Slay the Spire now this game recently came out on Nintendo Switch back in June 2019 Unfortunately, I don't own a Switch, and if I did, that would be the first game I would pick up. But I've got this game on my laptop, had it for well over a year now, and there is just so much infinite replayability in this game. And one of the big reasons why it's my go-to on the road is because you don't you don't need internet, you don't need Wi-Fi for this game. You can just log in, play it offline, just enjoy it without having to worry about download speeds or anything like that which is great when you're traveling because that can be problematic so slay the spire if you've never heard of slay the spire let me tell you a bit more about it because this is a deck builder with rogue-like elements and slay the spire you get a choice of three characters each with their own unique deck when you start the game and as you go through slay the spire you'll go through three acts which they get progressively more difficult And as you go through these acts, you'll go through encounters against enemies. You'll hit merchants where you can buy cards with your gold, which you acquire from defeating enemies. There's also random events that you can find yourself in, which could lead to you losing health or you could lose cards or you could gain something called relics, which is something else that this game includes where these are persistent effects for your entire run and some of these can be really beneficial, some of them can have downsides with benefits. You'll also pick up potions, which you have three slots to carry three potions, so if you pick up three potions, you can't pick up any more, but these also have benefits along the way. So there's a lot of factors, a lot of elements in play besides just building a deck and going through this game, but like I say, there's huge replayability in this game. The fact that there's three classes and a fourth one is soon to be added for free, for everyone that owns the game. You go through this game, you beat it with every class, then there's something called Ascension Mode where the game, it's, it's almost like New Game Plus where it just ramps up that difficulty for an extra bit of challenge. So you're never gonna be at a stage where you've completed the game and there's nothing left to do. I'm not even touching on the fact that there is workshop support for this on Steam. There is a daily run mode, which you can compete in a leaderboard for a unique run which you get one life at you can see how far you can get with a certain set of modifiers 
for that run. I haven't tried that one out myself. I'm still focusing on beating the Spire with the original three characters. I've beat it with one, still got two to go. It's tricky, it really is, but the one thing about it is it never feels bad to be defeated. And it's great to build up a deck, to try and work towards some synergy, but usually you can do a lot of planning in, in the direction you take towards the Spire. And every act has an end boss, which if you make it up to the top, you navigate your way to the end of the act. You'll fight off against a boss, really hard boss, and there's ways for you to heal, there's ways for you to modify your deck with regards to removing cards if you visit merchants. There's just a ways you can plan out what you're going to be doing. You might get some surprises along the way, so it does have that element where you have to be careful managing the risk and reward of what you're trying to achieve with your deck because if you don't take enough risks, you won't get powerful enough to progress to the end. But if you take too many risks, you will die. You will die, you won't have enough health to make it through. If you reach the end of an act, you go back to full health, so you get to start the next act all nice and fresh. This game is just so good. It's just so easy to pick up and play. Maybe you've got 20 minutes, maybe you've got two hours, maybe you're on a train or a plane. It's just so easy to get lost in this game and I find it a very therapeutic game. Aesthetically, the art and the music is so good. You can just lose yourself in this game. It's just very addictive to try and beat the game. And like I say, when you when you lose a run, it doesn't feel bad. You know, normally when you're playing games and you lose all your lives or it's game over, there's this real like, oh, you're kicking yourself. You're like, no, I don't believe it. But this one, you unlock more cards for the pool in Slay the Spire, you unlock more relics, more potions, everything like that. So next time you play, it's gonna feel just a little bit different. There's never two runs the same in this game, which I think that's what makes it exciting. When you lose, you go back in there, it's different. It's not gonna play out the same way again. So if you have any interest in deck building, and even if you don't, and you've never tried out a deck builder game, I've come from an environment where I played Hearthstone and I really enjoyed the PvE side of that. So when Slay the Spire came out, I jumped over there and immediately that game was doing the PvE side of deck building so well because that's all it was doing. There's no multiplayer, it's just you against the computer. It really was just a game that I embraced, I loved it, I knew I was gonna love it even before I purchased it. It's doing overwhelmingly positive in reviews. You won't find too many people that have an interest in deck builder games that, that have any issues with this game. The developers, small team working on this game, but they've worked really hard to provide updates. When it was in early access, it was getting patched every single week. And it still continued to be updated. Like I say, if you play on PC, there's the workshop, so there's people making mods. Basically endless fun with this game. So that's Slay the Spire. That's my on the road recommendation and you should definitely check it out. Slay the Spire by Megacrit Games. It's trivia time, and I was talking about Slay the Spire. But can you tell me what game am I? Developed by Berserk Games, this is an independent video game that allows players to play and create tabletop games in a multiplayer physics sandbox. The answer is Tabletop Simulator. 
one of my favorite games right now. And if you got that right, give yourself an extra life. Who remembers the Pokemon Go phenomenon back in July 2016? You can't really forget about it, can you? Because when Pokemon Go came out, it seemed like everyone was outside. Everyone was holding their mobile phones and catching these digital creatures, even people you never seen before in your neighborhood, you, your neighbors were out. It just felt like this huge shift in augmented reality games. And I found a story on theconversation.com and it talks about Sophia, who is a 67 year old widow and she's been using Pokemon Go to reconnect with her city. Now this story starts off quite sad because Sophia lost her husband just over 10 years ago to cancer and she found it really hard. Obviously, you would. She was suffering with the, the grief and the depression, but thankfully she had her daughters and her grandchildren to help her through this very difficult time. Now, Sophia is very close to her seven-year-old grandson, Diego, and her grandson, one of his favorite games is Pokemon Go. And maybe you can see where this story is heading. So Sophia, 67-year-old nurse who lives in Badalona in Spain, and through spending time with her grandson, and going on, you know, maybe going to the supermarket or to the park, he was able to show his grandmother her city in a different light. Diego taught Sofia how to flick the screen, capture Pokemon, and he just showed her that Pokemon Go opens up your city, wherever you live, to a different perspective because I don't know if you guys have, have seen it when you're playing Pokemon and you see landmarks or Pokemon Go stops where you're like, oh, this is a landmark and you find out things about where you live that maybe you didn't actually know maybe about a statue or about this park or sometimes something really obscure that you wouldn't have known of unless you were playing Pokemon Go and I know I've been in that situation many times myself so Sophia embraced this you could call it a distraction but it gave her a new way to approach her city and one of the big factors about Pokemon Go is it gets you outside, it gets you walking, it gets you exploring and no longer were trips to the market or shops mundane because with Pokemon Go there was different ways to reinvent routes that you maybe usually took because you wanted to go capture this Pokemon or you wanted to go and battle in this gym or something like that and that's exactly what happened to Sophia and through playing this game through connecting with her grandson as well, that relationship blossomed even more and her grandson, well, obviously thinks Sophia is super cool for playing Pokemon Go. And just reading this story, it just reminded me of when Pokemon Go came out and just that wave of social engagement that it created as well. Because while I have to say that Pokemon Go is probably not that big of a game where I live now. I know there's still people playing it and I know last year when me and my partner Amanda got back into the game a bit more. We were out one day and it led to a social interaction and we got invited to a Facebook group where there was people in a town really heavily invested in this game as well. And it was just one situation where we happened to have a chance meeting with somebody and that was really cool 
further back along the line when the game launched and there's one particular moment for me where the game had just launched but the servers were very unstable so we were sitting out the front of our house connected to our wi-fi just catching pokemon not walking or anything but our neighbors at the time were also playing the game and we ended up just sitting at the front of our houses catching pokemon when they appeared just having a talk and we'd never really bonded with our neighbors like this until that day and i remember a bottle of wine appeared and we ordered some pizza and we were sitting outside drinking wine, eating pizza, catching Pokemon. And that's a really fond memory for me with regards to this game. It was just one night. It never actually happened again, but uh, our neighbors moved. Not, not because of us or anything, you know. We, we, have, we have awesome neighbors uh, there instead now. Just got to put that out there. But it's just so incredible to hear the stories that can come from Pokemon Go and from being out in the world. It does make you... I think a bit more socially engaged because you're out there, you've got your phone and I know when I'm out walking and I'm in a potential Pokemon Go hotspot and I'm looking at other people walking past maybe with their phones in their hand I'm like are they playing because sometimes you know sometimes you know and I feel like it's not so strange if you were to be walking past a stranger who's playing Pokemon Go and to make that interaction as well because there's something about the game that just feels welcoming that feels open to those discussions and I know it's happened with me and to my partner Amanda when we've been been playing the game and we've walked past people that are playing and suddenly you strike up a conversation it's it's just really unique circumstances that this game can create and I know we've got other games out there doing similar things to Pokemon Go which will also create these situations too. Just reading this this article on the conversation about Sophia just brought back all these memories. I've actually started playing Pokemon Go again uh, after dabbling in a bit of Wizards Unite and unfortunately finding out my mobile data package is just not going to work with that game but it's fine for Pokemon Go and it's ignited that love again. So yeah, if you guys have any awesome stories about your adventures in Pokemon Go, I'd love to hear about them. Love you to share them with me. Tweet at me, Facebook at me. Let me know about that. And yeah, gotta catch them all, I guess. It's trivia time. Here's a tricky one for you. So we were talking about Pokemon Go. So we gotta have a Pokemon question, don't we? It just would be rude not to. Can you name the debuting Pokemon titles that released in Japan? In February 1996, here's your clue. Yes, they are colors. The answer is Pokemon Red and Pokemon Green. Did you get that one right? Or did you say blue? If you did, give yourself an extra life. And finally, on this level of three extra lives, I want to talk to you about Hymno, the silent melody. Now, this game is interesting because it has evolved from a game called Hymno, which is a 2D platformer game with an infinite number of procedurally generated maps. But the big thing is there's no combat, no combat at all, no monster slaying, none, nothing like that. It's just a game that you can go and play you can relax to listen to the music 
just almost hit that zen-like experience when you're playing a video game. And the developer of this game, David Morelijo Sanchez, I'm sorry if I butchered your name, he created this game as a de-stress private project. So this was just something he made for himself. He felt, he really fell in love with this project that he was making and he wanted to share it. He wanted to release it out into the world. And that's what he did. He released it back in April, 2019 for the world to enjoy. And this game is free to play on Steam. And it really is, it's a really relaxing game. I actually posted about it on my Patreon a few months ago. And it's just so simple, so beautiful, so calming. I understand how it can bring you to a place of de-stressing, of just distracting yourself without having to worry about combat or managing your health. It's really something that I, I think we're gonna see more of with games that promote a way to benefit our mental health that actually are designed around doing that. That's another story for another time, but what I wanted to actually talk about with regards to Hymno is that Hymno itself has hit a quarter of a million downloads, which is a fantastic achievement for this game. On that note, the developer has announced a follow-up for this game, which is called Hymno, The Silent Melody. So The Silent Melody, it's gonna be a standalone roguelike combat expansion of the peaceful game of Hymno. So it's gonna be the other side of the coin. We've had the peaceful, relaxing, zen-like experience. We're gonna be traveling into the Hymno world with combat and dangers, which you might say, well, that's totally opposite of what this game's supposed to be. But at the same time, if you've played Hymno and you've enjoyed the experience of that game, you'll also know that the world seems interesting enough that you want to explore it a bit more, you want to engage with it a bit more too, you can still play Hymno and have that non-combat experience. But with the silent melody, you're gonna be able to enter into these procedurally generated maps and you're gonna be able to craft powerful gear, find other explorers, and of course, save the world, because that's what we do as gamers. I'm really excited about the fact that we have a game that comes out, it's free to play, and it gains a lot of popularity, which allows the developer to expand upon that and create a new project or an expanded project on the initial one. I'm really excited to explore more of this world. I enjoyed him though. I enjoyed that relaxing atmosphere, but there's always part of you when you're playing these games that you want to see that other side. You want to fight some enemies. You want to collect some gear. You want to just have that platformer experience. And it's, Interesting that it comes from a game that debuted as this peaceful de-stressor and now perhaps we're going to be in a place where this game causes stress and causes you to pull your hair out. I don't think it will be. It doesn't seem like that kind of frustrating game, but so much potential with this world that's been created and I can't wait to explore more of it. So this game is going to be releasing on the 14th of October 2019. If you've played Hymno, if you haven't, go check that out. And if that gets you excited, definitely head over to Steam and add Hymno the Silent Melody to your wish list because that really helps developers with their algorithms and helps the games that are coming out get more traction. Even just putting it on your wish list, something as simple as clicking, 
really, really helps indie developers. So that is Hymno the Silent Melody by David Maraggio Sanchez. It's trivia time. So we were talking about the silent melody and that got me thinking of a certain horror game from the PlayStation. Can you name the playable teaser from Hideo Kojima's reboot of Silent Hill, which left the PlayStation Store in 2015 following its cancellation? The answer is Silent Hill PT. That game was super creepy. But it's a real shame that it never turned into anything. If you got that one right, give yourself an extra life. And here we are at the end of another level of three extra lives. How did you do on the trivia this week? Why don't you let me know over on social media? We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at three extra lives. Head over there, let me know how you did, or if you've got something to say about the show, hit me up over there. I would absolutely love that. And as always, you can find everything I talked about on this level over at 3extralifes.fireside.fm. Links to everything that I've talked about, that I've mentioned, so you don't have to go searching. That's 3extralifes.fireside.fm. That's a wrap, folks. We made it to the end of this level. Congratulations, and I will see you all in level 16!